Bernard Fraser, and you're listening to The Essence of Cool. On this episode, we catch up with DJ, podcaster, and music journalist Aaron Badgley. You might know Aaron from his radio shows The Wayback Music Machine and From Memphis to Merseyside, along with my good friend Tony Stewart, or The Backwards Traveler radio show on Perturbed Radio and Here Today on CFRU-FM. He also contributes album reviews and interviews to Canada's Spill magazine. On this show, he walks us through his top 10 cool artists of 2022. Some you know well and some you may not. From Neil Arthur, Brian Eno and Men Without Hats, to the Merry Wallopers, Sparks and Soundwalk Collective. He'll also give us a peek at some artists to watch for in 2023, like the great pop experimentalist Selena Martin. On that note, let's get started. Aaron Badgley, welcome to the Essence of Cool again. <laughs> yeah, this is great to be back. Thank you for asking me back. I'm I'm honored. I really am. You know, I'm envious of uh, Tony because I wish I could have you on every podcast of oh, mine. That's too, you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. You're too kind. Thank you, though. Thank you. I so enjoyed our last conversation. And, of course, I'm a massive fan of your radio shows, your podcasts. So let's just take a quick look at all of the shows that you work on, because there are many. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, uh, you've got at least two with Tony Stewart, uh, Wayback Music Machine and From Memphis, Memphis to Mer... Ah. And from Memphis to Merseyside, I'll get that out. Pardon hey, no my problem. teeth. <laughs> uh, which are podcasts, but they're also both airing on Bombshell? Or Well, they're actually not podcasts anymore. They're radio oh. shows. We we transferred them to radio. We play music, and we talk about the tracks. And we were thinking of maybe becoming more radio than podcasts. But um, so, yeah, they, they, we evolved into two radio little radio shows there. So, well, one's not so little. It's two hours long, but it's fun. Yeah. I heard the first two uh, Wayback Music Machines of uh, 2023, and yeah. the new format is fantastic. Oh, thanks, I, yeah. I mean, they just they just seem to have, it's more conversational, I find, that, uh, you know, it's just a couple of guys talking about their passion and playing some music at the same time, which is, you know, great by me. You know, w- when I was younger, I had a really great friend who unfortunately is no longer with us, and we would do this on a weekend. We would just stay up all night mm. talking music and getting a stack of records out and just... And that's what it feels like to me, too. And it's a it's a lovely feeling to, I mean, Tony and I have become very good friends, as, as you and I have. And, and uh, yeah. you know, it's fun. It's a, it's a, I, I much prefer working with people than working solo. So, yeah, I yeah. really do. I hear you. Um, and, of course, the, you do Here Today on CFRU in Guelph mm-hmm. and Backwards Traveler on Perturb Radio. Tell me about those ones. So Here Today is a more focused hour of radio of new music from artists such as yourself and, and more established artists. I, I got a pet peeve where there's a lot of older, I'm going to say older, but established artists that don't get played. So I'm going to play the new Simple Minds and Blamange and play Robert Fripp's new stuff and Brian Eno. Yeah. Along, but I play a lot of Canadian because I've discovered this whole. And thanks to you, by the way, oh, I've discovered a whole. Well, no, it's true. You've 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 introduced me to a, like Selena Martin, for example, who I've just become. I've fallen in love with her, yeah. um, her music. And um, there's this world of Canadian music that doesn't get a whole lot of exposure. And um, I'm I'm in a fortunate position where I hear a lot of it, and I can program it in. And, and next week's show, for example, there's a there's a, a couple of bands who I'd never heard of before. I reviewed them for Spill, and I thought, well, these guys are good, so I'm going to include them in my show. So that's what I do. And Backwards Traveler is more of a 
soup. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever's in the kitchen, I throw in the pot, and we hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems to work out all the time, as far oh, as I'm you. concerned. And if if those four weren't enough, you had just mentioned you also write for Spill Magazine. <laughs> you, you've interviewed some of the most extraordinary artists, uh, yeah. Midjur, the Straubs, Chaz, Conk, and the delightful Jessica Lee Morgan, a daughter her. of uh, Bowie producer Tony Visconti, and of course legendary folk singer Mary Hopkins. How do you get these interviews? I would love to say it's through my magic, my magic you know, personality, but it's through Spill. I just interviewed two days ago Stephen Kilby from the Church, oh. which I thought was I was going to die because I've I've read that he's can be a bit of a curmudgeon. He was. Right one of the funniest human beings I've ever spoken to. Just great. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, very fortunate. I get to speak to people. Like I, um, this year, I spoke to Jim Kerr from, or Kerr from Simple Minds. Wow. Um, um, Marion Gold. Marion Gold from Alphaville. Okay. Um, and these are, these are people, Bernard, like I grew up listening to. I mean, this is yeah. the 14-year-old Aaron just kind of going, oh, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear um, you. I so, feel the same way because I get an opportunity to talk to some pretty cool people as well. And uh, because you and I are both fans at heart, regardless of whatever we do, we're fans, right? Well, can I can I just say I love your podcast, Essence of Cool, oh, because you. I, you, you've interviewed some, you interview really interesting, like Ivan's was my, I just love listening to Ivan talk yeah. uh, from Men Without Hats. And, and boy, you, and you, again, you create a very comfortable atmosphere for people just to chat. And, um, I look forward to each one, even if I don't really like Doug Hempstead. I wasn't overly familiar with his music until you see. There's another artist that you've kind of turned me on to. Um, so it's like really cool stuff that I'm I'm learning from your show because it's not an it's not that kind of cut and dry interview, which which is yeah. fine in its place. But I loved your style, so I love and I I talk about it all the time, man. On CFRU. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Listen, I, you know, it's, it's uh, the same as you and Tony. I love having a conversation, yeah. you know, and I, I learned some of that from, you know, working with Deanie Petty, who is a brilliant uh, interviewer. And she uh, is, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she really punctuated the fact that, you know, the, what's important is to connect with people on a, on a human level. And, uh, uh, just have a conversation. So, um, so you're going to talk to us about a couple of things, but first and foremost, the 10 artists who you felt sort of uh, exemplified the essence of cool over 2022. And it's a really fascinating list. Uh, some <laughs> of the, the artists I knew and love, uh, some I've never heard of. So it's going to be a, a really cool conversation <laughs> for me. But let's let's just jump right into your first artist. And no argument from me uh, in terms of uh, exemplifying the essence of cool. Russell and Ron Mail, a.k.a. Sparks. Who I've loved since 1975 when I bought their Indiscreet album, mm. coincidentally produced by Tony Visconti. Funny how things turn out, eh? Really, really. <laughs> so why did you choose them? You know, I, I, I've always loved Sparks. My first album by Sparks was Come On To My House, which yeah. 
Okay, best album. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> for, for Rosemary Clooney fans out there, you'll get yeah. the joke. Um I I kind of forgot about Sparks, Tony. I'll be really or you know, Tony, you're you're better. Uh I forgot about Sparks over the last few years. And then they came back with that album Drip Drip Drip, which yeah. floored me because it came yeah. out just as the lockdown happened. And there's some songs on there that were not intended to be about COVID, but you could relate. And then I got the chance to see them here in Toronto. And oh. Never seen them live before. I always Me neither. Oh, Bernard, they're touring this year. Don't miss them. Oh wow! Come to Toronto. Stay with me. We'll go. Yeah. Um, Done. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of started working backward, and then I saw their film. Um, Edgar Edgar Wright did the documentary, yes. which was the Sparks Brothers. Yes. Yeah, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, Just about, put it out there. Agreed. And then I realized just how bloody cool these two guys are. And then, um, hey, listen, if you can get an ex-Beatle imitating you in a music video, <laughs> you, you've achieved a status. That was man. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the fact they mentioned that in the in the documentary, they talk about the coming up video. I love that. But but all kidding aside, the the you must you must you must do this too because you're a music fan. And you may forget an artist for a year or two. Then you rediscover them. You go, oh, my gosh, why did I forget how great these? And they're just, I mean, everything by them. I mean, not everything, but pretty much. I haven't seen the Annette film yet, uh, although I do have the soundtrack. Have you seen it? Uh, I I have not seen the entire thing. (laughs) I saw it partway through. I, you know, I love everything they do, but I was not particularly a fan of Annette. Yeah, don't. I, I don't know why. It just. Uh, I mean, I love Adam Driver too. He he's brilliant, but I just. It was. I don't know. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. But it was. I was just not a fan. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's. You can't always have a home run, right? But right, uh, right. but you you're a fan of them too, and I tell you, oh, yeah. uh, it it. And then they started going backwards and listening to all their albums that I have. And then they just happened to reissue a number of albums late in the year on vinyl for the first time, Ingrid Bergman and all that. And I just was like, oh, this is, this is phenomenal stuff. Yeah. So that's why they, they kind of, they've earned their cool stripes in my books, you know? Well, yeah. And, you know, for being so consistent over 50 oh. years, amazing. And the last two albums, Hippopotamus and A Steady Drip, 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 oh, I love are brilliant. Hippopotamus is so underrated. So it's just, it's full of, you're right. They're just brilliant. Both of those albums. The steady drip, 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 though. Wow. Did that hit me just the right way at the right time, I guess. But yeah. And his voice. I mean, seriously, how does he still sing like that? I, I, I'm amazed. I truly am amazed. And I, cause I, I see lots of video clips of them in performance, you know, particularly over the last uh, year or so. Um, and it, he goes back to the back catalog where he's doing all that falsetto stuff, and he sounds as great as he did in 1975. Yeah, I, I if not better. And, and when he yeah. was in Toronto, I was amazed. I thought, well, because we had seen, we had just saw Boy George and Culture Club, who I love. Oh. But Boy George's voice is not what it was. Right. That's okay. I mean, it's fine. But all of a sudden, Russell's are just, you know. <laughs> belting it out. I thought, wow, I had no idea who was doing this, but yeah. he did it. One of the cool things I love about them, apart from this um, a magical uh, catalog of work, 
is the dynamic uh, of the two brothers on stage. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first saw them, it was a midnight special back in the early mid seventies. And uh, to see uh, um, Ron kind of sitting there looking like Adolf Hitler <laughs> um, and playing so stoically, no, no emotion whatsoever. And Russell, I, it was like he was uh, he was taunting Ron the entire time. He would hit him with the microphone, yeah. looking for some reaction, and of course, <laughs> he wouldn't move. Right? <laughs> no. I, I, and he's, you know what? It's still the same. Um, and when you when you said midnight special, I just had a flashback to Bert Sugarman's midnight special. On yes. Yeah, <laughs> I used to watch it religiously. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> and their tours are selling out everywhere. Sold out here, sold out in Toronto, yeah. packed, packed house. And something very interesting happened at their concert here in Toronto that I've not seen. When they did new material from Hippopotamus and the Steady Drip, 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 mm. no one got up and went to get drinks, you know? like Right. Um, when I saw Culture Club, they said, well, here's a new one. And you see people heading for the beer tent. Right. But um, people, the fans, just why not it's just all good music so well again you know it's not like the material has declined in any way you know oh, gosh, some no. bands that are sort of trying to seek out a resurgence in the 2020s the new material not so great as uh, you know the original material in the 80s and 90s but these guys are so bloody consistent oh, so, so what in your mind makes them the essence of cool you know they they never i think for me it's it's a common theme for all the bands i like they just followed their own path. And yeah, they, they jumped on a couple of trends, but before they were trends, I mean, they were doing electronic music before the human league and things like that. So yeah. they just kind of marched to the beat of their own drum. And I wouldn't say they don't care, but they, 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 they follow that inner voice as opposed to, I just watched a documentary on Shania Twain and she's very talented and not my cup of tea, but very talented. And mm. the entire documentary was about, all I wanted was hits. I just wanted to have hits. Hits, 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 hits. I'll do whatever it takes to have a hit. Right. And I, I thought, well, that's not Sparks. I mean, if they sell records, grand. I'm sure they were thrilled when this town ain't big enough for the both of us was a big, a big hit in England. But mm. did, do you think they actually thought it would be? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting because most of my favorite artists are those who really don't care yeah. how their music is received. You know, mm -hmm. Bowie, I mean, the primary example of that, he released Low in, in 77, and everybody went, what the heck is that? You know, <laughs> but uh, but I love that because they take creative chances, and, and Russell and Ron are exactly the same. Yeah, and I put you in the same boat. Like I, I, and that's why I love your music, because it's, you know, it, it's these are the artists that I kind of, I, I, I look up to, and I find interesting, and I can put on an album from 78 by, by Sparks, and it's as relevant today as it was, yeah. you know, how many years agreed. ago was that? I don't yeah, know. I yeah, agreed. No, Too many. Too I'm many. with you. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on, because we've got quite an extensive list. Let's move to your second pick, which is Neil Arthur, who I know from Blancmange. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I was just listening to a couple of their great hits from the early mid-80s this morning, Living on the Ceiling and Don't Tell Me, and just a flood of memories come back, you know. Um, so I, you know, I remember them from the the eighties. Uh, sadly, they broke up at sort of the, their heyday in what eighty six or something. After three albums, yeah, yeah, came back for one album in twenty eleven. But I guess Stephen Luscombe, his partner, was forced to leave the band for a health issue. But he's continued on. Sometimes. 
So tell me why you chose Neil Arthur. Well, you know what? Ex exactly for that reason. First of all, um, I'm going to go back in time. And their video for um, off their third album, and the title just went out of it. Uh, lose your love. I don't want to lose oh, your love. Okay, right. And right. I, I was fortunate to interview Mr. Arthur, and the video for that song. I don't know if you remember it. They, the two of them just has nothing to do with the lyrics. They just tear apart a house. Yeah. And what happened was they got a budget from Polygram in America, and they yeah. went, "Let's spend it all on one video." So they actually bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> Filled it full of garbage and destroyed it all. <laughs> Which, you know what? You got that kind of dedication. I'm, I'm, I'm with you forever, man. <laughs> I did not know that. That's I love them even more now. That's yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's got like four different bands at any given time, right? Like he's he's got Blamange still going, and Blamange. I want to get the rights. I want to make sure I got it right. Blamange in 2022. I think they released or he released three or four albums right. and just a constant, and they're all good. You've got the ambient stuff going on called nil. There was nil one, nil two, nil three. Mm -hmm. And then he was doing, you know, mindset, um, unfurnished rooms. Um, mindset right. was brilliant, by the way, commercial break, which I, I thought was one of the finest albums released this decade, just full of, I mean, uh, it was again, a COVID album. Mm -hmm where he's writing about being trapped and escaping into memory, which, which I can identify with. Um, and then he's in a band called Fader with a guy named Benj. And oh. Fader does this incredible music, you know, just these really, really bizarre albums that are not, excuse me, they're not like Blumange at all. They're, they're electronic, they're experimental. And again, lyrically very strong, but musically very interesting. And he works with his son with a band called Kincaid. And then he's, you know, he's just, he, he, he never stops and he's touring all the time in the UK. Yeah. So he, he's a big hero of mine and, and I'm a big, big fan. And I, I, I miss Stephen, but at the same time, this has forced Neil Arthur to really, you know, not only read the lyrics, but the music. And, and um, I really recommend you check out the most recent albums. Like I, I really liked um, Private View and uh, Commercial Break were just two great albums. And how similar are they to sort of, uh, Blumage in their heyday? Really different. I, I think they're less melodic, they're okay. less commercial, less accessible, but and lyrically really um, strong, but minimalistic. There's a there's a great song on Commercial Break where he, he writes the song about walking his dog and everything's shut down and he walks up a hill and it's just it's very brief, but it packs a punch because mm -hmm. you, you, you know we've all been there, right? Right. So it's musically maybe a continuation, but it's much more electronic. Okay. Although, although the last album, he's rediscovered the guitar oh. and uh, he's playing guitar. And, and um, who's he working with? John Grant. There's a, a, the American artist, John Grant, who's put out some fine records. He's on the album. And is it Robin Smith from Ultravox, the first lineup? Probably got okay. the name wrong, but he's playing guitar on it too, so it has a bit more of an edge to it. So he, he's all over the place, but love him. 
<laughs> I have. I fully admit I haven't listened to any of the recent albums. I'll have to check them out. Uh, it reminds me a little of uh, sort of the change in Gary Newman from uh, the 80s and 90s to what he's doing or what he's done in the last 10 years, where it's still, you know, you can tell it's Gary Newman, but it's much darker and much more industrial. I, I love it. I, lo- I love the, the progression, the change in, uh, in, in him musically. So one last question about Neil, then. What makes him the essence of cool? You know, um, he's in all these different bands. The other band I forgot to mention is called Near Future. What makes him cool, in my opinion, is his ability to work with all these different bands. And yeah, they're all electronic-based, but they're all very different. And Oh, they are. Okay. They are. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd, listen, you'd hear Near Future. you go, well, who the hell is this? Um, but the thing is, is that they're, they're, they're all really cool. And I like the fact that even at his age, you know, I'm getting old too, but he's still taking chances and experimenting with sound. And mm-hmm. I, I love the man. And I love his, I love his use of words. His um, lyrics yes. are just beyond, even in the old days. I mean, you, you can't find, I, in my opinion, it was Blanche had some of the best lyrics of all time. Yeah. So that's that's my my thing with Mr. Arthur. <laughs> well, I'm sold. So the next one, uh, never heard of him. Uh, you chose Mick Flannery, uh, an Irish artist. Mm-hmm. Um, at first glance, he seems incredibly fascinating. Tell me about Mick Flannery. So Mick Flannery is fascinating. He's from Blarney in uh, County Cork in Ireland now. Over the last two years, um, I, I got very disillusioned with North American radio, so I've been listening to a lot of radio from Europe and Mm-hmm. mainly Ireland. Uh, my daughter happens to live in Dublin now. She's going to school there. And she started sending me songs by these Irish artists that, you know, now Mick Flannery is a very cool artist because on one hand, he's very traditional, but on the other hand, he's punk. He's not punk musically, but he's certainly punk in terms of how he presents himself, the lyrics, his subject matter. Um, he's, he's, he's a very fascinating artist. And if you look at him, he looks rather scary, <laughs> but, but I just saw him at the Horseshoe Tavern in November and um, happened to bump into him into a, in a restaurant. And oh. he has talked to my daughter several times in Ireland and he goes, oh, I know Linda. Oh, How's wow. You know what you're doing, Linda? Where's that? She's in Dublin now, you know, you know, not very, um, he's, 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 uh, he's done a beautiful album with a, a, a woman named Susan O'Neill last year, which actually made number one. In, in Ireland, and and it's called um, In the Game, which is an album about a breakup. He, he's not romantically involved with Susan, but right. it was, it, you know, just fantastic artist. He's not afraid to, he did a song, can I swear on your show? Or Yes. He did a song that was that got me through COVID, which is called Fuck Off World. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Kardashians and all the news, and, you know, I'm going down to the river just to sit. You know, I'm going to go with a stick. I'm going to be by myself. And it meant the world to me. I mean, it's very funny at points, but it's also a very poignant song. Very talented artist, and I, I can't encourage you enough. Again, it's more folky than anything else, but uh-huh. he's all over the, again, another guy that's all over the map and and um, really not afraid to take some chances. Yeah, He's released seven studio albums and one live one, mm-hmm. but there's one that I really want to know about. It's his latest one called Night at the Opera, and it's all about chess? Yes. Tell me fun. about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I say. He's all over the place. <laughs> when they were touring, um, 
and there were, he 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 developed a love for, for chess. But then when the lockdown happened, he decided to really get into chess, and he he studied it. He went online. He took he actually took a course to learn oh. chess. And then he thought, I want to write a song or I want to write an album that's based around the idea of a chess game. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to look at the geometrics of a chessboard, the, the players, and he, so he did. It, it, so he he based the album, the framework on the, the structure of chess. Who else would think of that except for you know Mick Flannery? And and it works. It's a it's a it's a brilliant brilliant album. Um, he, when I saw him again in, in Horseshoe, he did a lot of it. He had a lot of songs from that album. And um, he's just I mean who who would think of that? That's why yeah. I think he's cool because you know he could write a song about what's going on, but he went he went, he went deep into chess. <laughs> Interesting. Um, he's been nominated for and won a slew of prestigious awards, primarily uh, awards from the British Isles, but uh, in the international songwriting competition out of Nashville, he he won. Uh, or did he win or did he, was he just nominated? I don't remember. No, he won. He, he won. won. Okay. Yeah. Meteor Music Awards, Ireland's RTE Radio 1 Award. Uh, so clearly the industry people love him and he's had several number ones in Ireland. Is he breaking in the rest of the world? He's of all places. This is the funny thing. He's he's breaking in Los Angeles. Oh. He's he's making inroads in L.A. for whatever. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that unsimilar to to the way they latched on to people like Jackson Brown and his Peaks and and the the old time Eagles when they wrote you know songs. Right. <laughs> it came out wrong. <laughs> Hotel California is a great song. <laughs> <laughs> so no offense to any Eagles fan. <laughs> so I think he's making inroads. I think the fact that he sold out here in Toronto, he did two nights here, and he he did a tour of um of east eastern U.S. Uh, with a guy named Niall Connolly, and they they all sold out. And then he went out west. Now he's back in Ireland. I think I think this is someone you're going to have to watch. I think he'll break some to some level. I I'll say it to you first. You hear it here first, folks. He's going to make it this year. <laughs> okay. okay. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah, we're, I know you are. We're going to do a roundup next year, and we're going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> so your next artist is also Irish. Next project or band, the Merry Wallopers. Glory, hallelujah. I've Again, I've never heard of them. Tell me about them. Again, much like Mick Flannery, they're big in Ireland. Now, okay, so the the Mary Wallopers are, are from Dundalk, uh, Ireland, which is the midway point between Belfast and Dublin. Very traditional. Think Pogues. I mean, they're, they're compared oh. to the Pogues a whole lot. Um, they, they're remarkably, let me stress this, <laughs> they're remarkably funny. Um, maybe not their album, but uh, last Christmas, was it last Christmas or the Christmas before? So the Christmas before, they did a. They were going to do a live stream for an hour. They got really drunk, and it lasted for about four hours. An Irish, an Irish band getting drunk. Gee, on live streaming too. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the two main members who are brothers have a side project called TPM, which is banned outright in Ireland. It's a very political left wing rap band. Right. Their politics are very, very, very left-wing. Um, you know, again, this is because of my daughter. She she'd send she'd send me some links to these guys, and I go, 
it's it felt like watching you know pair of brown eyes with the pogues and it, it, it right. kind of roused that same kind of i actually got tickets to see them here in toronto on march 20th they sold out an, a north american tour um they're oh, going to make wow. it big this year i mark my words these guys are going to make it big they're 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 making inroads into the uk um but they're really funny if you go on their instagram um I, uh when covid hit I, I keep focusing on COVID. I don't mean to, but when COVID hit and people were talking about, you know, let's go back to the old days. <laughs> they were walking around wearing tinfoil hats and they had placards saying, <laughs> bring back dial-up. <laughs> I like them already. Yeah, they're for their... <laughs> They're really funny. Now, um, I when they come to North North America, I'm yeah. assuming they're going to be as the Mary Wallopers and not as taxpayers' money or TPM because I don't know if that would go over too well here. <laughs> I love the name TPM. I'm glad you brought the taxpayers' money. Well, they're they're just and then and actually the name Mary Wallopers too is just hilarious, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but but the, the new album just came out in October, and I I I fell in love with it. Like I just thought. You know, as I said, because Linda's in Ireland, she's. I discovered this whole music scene in Ireland. A guy named Jinx Lennon, a band called Lancome, um, just just the gloaming, and they're not big over. They're huge, huge in Ireland. Quick story: one of the members of Lancome, Ian Lynch, uh, popped in on the the podcast or not the podcast, the streaming they were doing for Christmas, and um, he got really drunk and <laughs> he painted himself green to become the Grinch. And when when I was in Ireland in August, I was in a pub called Cobblestone, which is very, very kind of cool pub in, in northern Dublin. Um, I bumped into him. There was Ian Lynch. And I said, oh, hey, man, you did a great gridge. And he went, so I've heard. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up to you, Ian. <laughs> At least he admits it. He That's did. Good. He did. Um, so, yeah, so they're not... They're they're not they're much more folky than Mary, than um, McFlannery, and they're proud of their Irish roots. But they're also about social change, and they're not blind to um, what's going on in the world and what's going on in Ireland right now. There's a huge housing problem, so they do a lot of songs about the housing issues, stuff like that. Right. Oh, <clears throat> I look forward to listening to them. <laughs> Next up on your list is somebody I actually have heard of, <laughs> and okay. somebody who's been at the top of pe so many people's playlists for 20 years, Father John Misty. We used to lay around here laughing what these freaks out there were trying to prove. What's wasting time if not throwing it away on work when the last time comes so soon? I love Father John Misty. <laughs> but why did you select him? Oh, he's just, uh, uh, where do I, I don't even know where to begin. Josh Tillman. Um, yeah. I saw him, he toured, I got to see him at the Roy, Roy Thompson Hall in, uh, in the summertime. And he put on a hell of a show. Um, quite a dancer, our father, John Misty. Oh? I loved everything he's done. His most recent album, um, Chloe, what was it called? Chloe in the New Chloe in the Next 20th Century, which is a concept album about um, I guess you could say the entertainment world, primarily an author and all that kind of stuff. This album. Before that, he did an album called God's Favorite Customer, which 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video for God's Favorite Customer, but yeah. it was one shot, and he's walking the streets of New York singing. Um, riveting, riveting to watch. Wow. Uh, again, lyrically, he's he's a genius. Um, musically, he's influenced by Paul McCartney, Elton John, mm -hmm. David Bowie. You know, he's all over the, again, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, but he makes it work and he makes it his own stuff. I mean, he's, and he's, again, you know, but I, I kind of get, I get, I like artists who don't always take themselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. He said, when I saw him in Toronto and he's at the Roy Thompson Hall, he's got a bit of a string quartet. And he said, you know, if you told me 20 years ago that this is where I'd end up, I'd have, I would have killed myself. What? What? <laughs> you know, like, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> um he's so funny like he's just dark but funny and 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 um how can you not love that he he did a, a rant about his record label on instagram which they insisted he take down which was one of the funniest rants you will ever live to see unfortunately you can't maybe someone saved it on youtube but he just went <laughs> kept calling him daddy daddy wants me to do this now <laughs> he's so incredibly Prolific. He's yeah. put out as either Father John Misty or Jay Tillman, uh, 14 studio albums, six EPs, 17 singles, a soundtrack, and contributed to the work of countless others. Uh, he, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Post Malone. What makes him so sought after, do you think? I think it's his, I think it's his, um, his ability to write really strong, um, lyrics and strong melodies and make mm -hmm. them work. I, mean, I think he's, I, and I say this, and I hope this comes out the right. He's kind of a modern day Paul McCartney. Like he's he's when, when McCartney's at his best in the seventies. I mean, I think McCartney's still doing fine today. But mm -hmm. when McCartney was at his best, he could he could create this whole. And, and much like McCartney, who was being sought after in the seventies, Father John Misty's doing the same thing. It makes sense to me that someone like Lady Gaga would be attracted to what he's doing mm -hmm. because she's very eclectic. I mean, you know, Tony Bennett, then she does her little monsters or whatever. Right. So I think what makes him sought after is his, his ability to kind of come up with something different, but it's not so different that it's not accessible. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> the, the key, but yeah, and then having said that, he does some really wacky things on his albums that people probably kind of go, what the hell is he doing here? But yeah, yeah. I love him. I think he's, he's, I, I, I would I would actually just start from the beginning and go through. I, I even the Jay Tillman stuff is very very good. It's yeah. very good. Church yeah. of Trees had a release party back in I think it was 2018, and uh, we were wondering why we weren't getting a lot of sort of pre-sold tickets until somebody told me Father John Misty is playing that night. So I'm sorry, but you're not going to get a great turnout. <laughs> Are you serious? Really? Yep. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> but what makes him the essence of cool? Oh, his clothes. No. Um, <laughs> he, he has a, he has a very distinct style. Yeah. Uh, he, again, he 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 does what he wants, I think. And he, you know, he came out with an album, you know, Chloe in the next 20th century, which was very orchestral. It was it was not anything like God's favorite customer or you know, early I love you, honey bear, and all that. It was very, very produced, very slick, but very good. And I love people who do that, and I think that he gets away with it. And yeah. uh 
he's got the talent. He's got the talent. So. He certainly does in spades. Um, next up on your list, no argument from me, the great men without hats. We can dance. We can dance. Everything is out of control. We can dance. We can dance. They're doing it from pole to pole. We can dance. Uh, I got the chance to interview Ivan not that I'm long ago. Great interview, by the way. Great oh, thank interview. You. Thank really you. Really great interview. <laughs> um, and, and he's such an interesting guy, and he has such an interesting sort of philosophy on life and touring, which I really admire. And I love the latest two albums, again, part one and again, part two. So completely different albums. Again, part one being a, a series of an EP of covers, fantastic covers too. His version of Satellite of Love by Lou Reed is fantastic. I love it. Um, and then again, part two, which is just uh, filled with great, solid, true to form men without hat synth pop. Why did you select them? Well, all the reasons you just said. <laughs> all, 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 I just gonna go all of the above. You know, <laughs> where do I start? You, you mentioned the again part one EP, which was covers. Their cover of their own "No Friends of Mine," which was Safety Dance. Fantastic, yeah. Wow, talk yeah. about a reinvention of a song. Yeah, and 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 it it hit me so hard when that song came out, and yeah. it made me realize that this guy, even though, and you know, if I could talk to him, I'd say Ivan. Please, for the love of whoever, release more records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's still, like, they put an album back in 2003, um, No Hats Beyond This Point. Right. Great album. And right. I saw them tour that album, and, and he was just all over the place. And In 2022, was that? Yeah, again, yep. part two came out. Yeah. That last track on side two, oh my gosh, was just a killer. And, and just everything on that album, from beginning to end, it, was, it reminded me of... Um, Pop Goes the World hit me the same way. Right. The album, it, it was just wow. Like where do you where do you even begin with that album? I mean, you got the intro. I'm looking at my notes here. I'll be full disclosure, but you know where did the where the wild go? If that doesn't move you, you ain't got a pulse. He just keeps on doing it, Bernard. Like he's just not, and he's not even reinventing himself. He's just progressing. Yeah. You know, in yeah. my opinion, I think he's remarkable. Uh, that that album, um, uh, you know, the phrase "no ki uh, all killer, no filler." I mean, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, you know, beginning to end, a brilliant, brilliant album. And uh, I love too that the last two albums, well, the last e the EP and the album, were um, co-produced by the three of them. It was just uh, Ivan, Show, and Colin. Um, yeah, and they did such a beautiful job. So, I mean, such crystal clean productions. I told him it reminded me of, um, I think it was Trevor Horn who produced uh, the original ABC album. Mm -hmm. And that had that sparkle and that energy, just fantastic. That's a good comparison, actually. There is a Trevor Horn sound to, to Ivan's production. Mm -hmm. And um, and I agree with you. I think the, the album was, I can't think of anything that sounded better at the time. Yeah. Um, when it came out that week or that month. And and. Just wow! I actually, I got tickets to see them um, Saturday. They're playing in Markham, oh. uh, Markham Stouffville. So oh, I'm very excited. Yeah. So very. The, tra very the, the tragedy in my in my eyes, though, is that 
he's producing all of this brilliant material, but it's not getting played. You okay. know, he gets play on on some college stations, but he's not getting played anywhere else. And this is among his best work. I, I'd say it's among the best work of the albums of the of the of the year. Like I, yeah. I, I would go so far as this is why I do my show. I mean, it's a small show and it's only in Guelph, but I want people to hear that these artists, this is vital, uh, vibrant, relevant, brilliant music. And I, I think it's the best stuff he's ever produced. Yeah. And, and and you're right. The cover versions were, were, I mean, he's always done good cover versions. I mean, it's, I mean, from early days of rock or Roxy music. Well, he did cover Roxy. Early days of Men Without Hats, he's always done really interesting covers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I, it's frustrating for me as a fan. And I I swear, I said to someone the other day, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. They said, oh, who are you going to go see next? I said, oh, Men Without Hats. Oh, Safety Dance. Yeah, you know, they put out a hell of a lot more. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big catalog there. I no, I hadn't heard this before I had my interview with him, but uh in the last two months I've been seeing the McDonald's ad that uses safety dance safety dance um as a theme song. How do you feel about that? If it makes him money, yeah, good. Yeah. You know, because that means that he can produce more music. Um right. do I want to see safety dance at a TV commercial? Uh, but you know, I was talking to uh Blamange about this, Neil Arthur, and he said, you know, Aaron, I'm not going to get the music played on radio, so if, if I have to get it played in a TV commercial, at least it gets exposure. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I hear you. Or a film. Yeah. You know, if you can get on the soundtrack of Stranger Things, you get a top 10 hit, right? Kate Bush. Right. Um, right. I mean, that song should have been top hit, well, I don't know, what, maybe five? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so I, I'm not thrilled with seeing songs from my youth or anyone's youth, but then I remember my mother, you know, when she was, when I was about 20, and she'd say, oh, I can't stand with you, Sinatra, in commercial. Ah, oh, ma, yeah, whatever, ma. <laughs> <laughs> now it's me. Can't yeah. believe you. <laughs> no, here, here. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, anything that's going to keep him in the business of producing new work, then more power to him. Yeah, I remember Swiffer. You remember Swiffer had an ad where they used Whip It. And right. That made that made a lot of money for the evil to keep on yep. doing what they're doing. So good for them, you know. Yeah. And whatever. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so dyed in the wool anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Thirty years ago, I would have had a different opinion, but yeah, yeah. me too. No, I, I, yeah, but I agree with you. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> the um, the next one on your list. I am so glad you added this to the list because I went out and started listening to their latest album. It's a project called Soundwalk Collective, one Mm. of the most fascinating projects I have ever heard. So tell me about Sandwalk Collective. Well, I I actually I heard of them. Um, boy, I tell you, a lot of pressure on my daughter. Um, she they're from Brooklyn or New York. They were doing a lot of sound collages and, and different kinds of stuff. In and I would hear them when I was in New York on a very local 
Long Island Station. Mm-hmm. And um, what they do is they use a lot of found noise and they record and they produce music based on, you know. I got into them when they worked with one of my favorite artists of all time, Patti Smith. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Patti Smith's working with this group that I kind of knew a bit about. I had a couple of albums and those albums that they did with Patti Smith just blew blew me away because because mm-hmm. it's um that's well, Patti Smith what can you say but it's not her <laughs> lyrics and it's poetry right. and and what they did with each album was whatever poet they were focusing on they would go to that poet's homeland and record the sounds of the country and oh. incorporate it in their music so I just became this big fan of this band and, and like you I just kind of worked backwards you yeah. know. Yeah. And and uh, was rewarded because they're they're phenomenal, phenomenal band. Never know what's going. I I never know what I'm going to hear. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I just want to read a little bit. I think it's from their website. Um, tr- I'm trying to remember where I got this from, <laughs> but it's really interesting in terms of uh, sort of uh, um, encapsulating what who they are and what they do. Soundwalk Soundwalk Collective's musical work emerges from a multidisciplinary approach rooted primarily in psychogeography and in the exploration of recording and synthesis, elements of observation of nature, non-linear narrative, ethnography, and anthropology are intertwined in their work. In order to create following this approach, they have traveled across the world from cities to remote locations for long periods of investigation and fieldwork to source the unique materials that form the core of their work. Incredible. What first captivated you about them? Uh, Everything you just said was (laughs) because... My background in education is um, sociology. Okay. And I thought they were doing, because I heard them interviewed in the station at Long Island, and I thought, these guys are doing sociology through music. So they're looking at cultures, and they're looking at countries, and they're looking at everything, and they're, and they're, they're tying it into to, to sound, which I'm a huge sound guy, right? I love mm-hmm. sound. And... So I think the first album, I'm just looking at my notes here, the first album I think I heard by them, I think, was Death Must Die, or no, it must have been before that, What We Leave Behind with Jean-Luc Godard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they started working with Patti Smith and they were looking at her favorite poets, um, and then, I mean, and then also, by the way, their most recent single was remixed by Brian Eno. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, yeah so cool. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Brian, you know, Patty Smith, and these two guys from Brooklyn. I, what? Give <laughs> <laughs> me a piece of slice, and I'm good. Yeah. Mind blown. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, it, it's, you know, I don't know if you experience this when you listen to them, Bernard, but what I find is that every time I'll listen to an album by them, say 10 o'clock this morning, mm-hmm. go back to it at three in the afternoon and hear something totally different. Go, I didn't hear that before. Yeah. Where, where, where did that come from? You know, yeah. it's, it, it, they play with your um, perception. Yeah, it's just just fantastic. And I would kill to see them. Well, I would, can't, I wouldn't kill, but I would, <laughs> I, would, I would I would spend money to see them live. I don't know if they I don't don't know that they tour or whatever. But man, what a sound they have! And I love yeah. their name. Yes, yes, <laughs> I'm, great I, name. I'm a huge fan of ambient music, experimental music, anything avant garde. And so it's it was really cool to see that. Uh, they had worked with Patti Smith, that you mentioned, Jean-Luc Godard, the film director, as you also mentioned, Philip Glass. Yes. And uh, I was listening to their latest album, Levotic, uh, which features Charlotte Gainsbourg. 
who I loved in The Pale Blue Eyes as an actress, uh, but she's also a, a singer. And her voice is so sensual, so sultry, and it really brings this material to life. I mean, it would probably uh, work really, really well on its own, but then you add her to the mix and, yeah, mind blown. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal and and uh, underrated, by the way. Yeah, I think if her last name wasn't Gainsbourg, I think she'd have a bigger following. Yeah. Sometimes the, the the children of famous people, right? But yeah, um, that's right. Fantastic album, I agree with you. Um, yeah. It's it's it it's just so layered and so full of so much that it's just you just want, for me, it's like a good meal. Yeah. You don't want it to end. You want to keep figuring out how this was done. Yeah. And you just want to take your time and enjoy it. That's how I see them. That, yeah, I agree with you entirely. And the whole, you know, anything that makes me want to find out how it's done. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally in. And the <laughs> Sandwalk Collective is certainly uh, among those types of projects. Um, and so just to wrap this up, then why do you feel they're the essence of cool? Everything we just talked about. Okay. I mean, these, these people, I mean, these guys... Are not they're just I don't even think they're aware of the taking chances. To them, they hear something in their head, and they want to do it. And yeah, they're respectful of whatever culture they're a part of. And the music is beautifully, and I stress this word, beautifully produced, just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Just, it's cinematic. It, yeah. So working with a filmmaker or an actress doesn't shock me. It's cinematic. It's beautiful. So that's what makes them cool. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I like their name. Yes. <laughs> next up, you're not surprised at your next selection, but I am surprised. The Beatles. He's a man you must believe, helping anyone in need. No one can succeed like Dr. Robert. I'm not going to diminish the massive influence and inspiration that they have been throughout the 20th century, latter half of the 20th century and the 21st century. No argument from me. Uh, music, pop music wouldn't exist today if it weren't for the Beatles. But why 2022? So we'll keep this short because I could talk about the Beatles yes, for <laughs> five months. Because they, they came up with a revolver box set. Okay. And you just said something earlier, but you want to figure out how things were done. Revolver is my favorite album of all time. I, I love Revolver. I think it's just beyond a work of art. And with the box set, Giles Martin pulled the curtain back a wee bit. And you got to hear things that, well, I never heard, and I'm a huge collector. Hearing John Lennon sing an early version of Yellow Submarine with the lyrics, in the town where I was born, no one cared. Wow. Wow. You're just kind of going, where did that come from, John? And hearing that change to becoming this kid's anthem was beyond right. words. So I put them in the essence of cool because they were, Paul and Ringo were brave enough to let people behind the curtain in this album because there was, like you listen to an early version of Got to Get You Into My Life and there's no horns and George is playing the guitar. Yeah, can you imagine saying to George Harrison, yeah, I like what you're doing, but I think horns would serve better. <laughs> Like, <laughs> no. how do you do that, right? Um, so you know, it's it's an it was an incredible box set. It's it's you know, so many deluxe box sets are put out. Not all of them are are fantastically brilliant. This one, ten out of ten, and and the new mix of Revolver that Giles Martin did, the twenty twenty two mix. I'm not say it's better, but boy, it sounds good. 
Sounds very, very good. He certainly has his dad's ears, if not. He does. He yeah. does indeed. Um, he put together a really good CCR live album, recorded live at the Albert Hall from 69 or 70. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. Like he oh, he yeah. just, he's he has the ability to make things sound current and of its time. So, and that that's why they they kind of fall in Ringo. And, and also the other reason for the Beatles is uh, Beyond Revolver, Paul McCartney put out the best box set of all time uh, just before Christmas. It was, um, it's a wooden crate and it's got his first, well, I say first because I'm sure it'll put out more, 87 inch singles with original picture sleeves, original oh, Apple labels. Uh, it's just, oh. it's a work of art. Oh, I look forward um, to taking a peek at that. You should Google it. It's just, you look at your, in your mouth, just drools because it's yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> So I just think that the Beatles, even in 2022, are still able, you know, to kind of surprise us. And God bless them for that. I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about the Beatles, ever. I won't. <laughs> well, I know you won't. <laughs> but seriously, their their um, their impact on modern music um, is so extraordinary. Well, I, I, um, I remember a friend of mine who's a, who's a guitarist once said it, um, there are two types of musicians in the world those influenced by the beatles and liars <laughs> <laughs> well because the crazy thing about these even if you don't think you're influenced by the beatles you are yeah. because it, or even if you've never heard of them because you've heard them through so many other artists you know virtually every artist i know mccartney did a song back in the 90s um on flaming pie and one of the lines is, I go back so far, I'm in front of me. And he's, because what he's saying is, sometimes I'm influenced by what we did. I'm not realizing I'm being influenced by this. You know what I mean? So right. it's even, they influence themselves, which is kind of scary and cool. Your next artist is certainly among my major influences, the master. Uh, I'm going to say his full name, Brian Peter George St. John Le Baptiste de La Salle Eno, or to the rest of the world, simply Eno. Tell me why you selected Brian. Well... First of all, his name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a, a, like the Beatles. Um, this is a guy that's been around forever, and he has influenced so many artists. Bernard, and you're you're one of them as a musician. You're influenced by him. Yep. He put an album out um, last year, 2022, called "Forever Never No More," yeah. which was his first vocal album in what. 15 years or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was I was like, it was when Eno left Roxy and they put out the first Eno single. I have I have an advertisement. Now back in 1929, when Greta Garbo, who was a famous silent film star, spoke in a movie called Grand Hotel, mm-hmm. they didn't even advertise Grand Hotel. The poster said Garbo speaks. Right, right. When Eno put out his first single, first album, Here Come the Warm Jets. Eno sings. Right. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> He's still making incredible music. He's still working. He, you know, he did. I did an album with his brother Roger, twenty twenty one. He's consistent. My, I'm gonna. I'm. I hate to say this, but my daughter went to see him speak in London, and I was dying uh, of envy because boy, oh, would I like to go see him speak. Me too. She said it was enlightening. It was. It was. It was informative. He was, he spoke about music today and where it's come and all this. He's, I just, I, I, that's why, because Forever Never No More was a, an album that meant a great deal to me. It's my favorite album of the year. Yeah. 
um, must have worn that vinyl out already. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, you know, he is truly the thinking man's artists. And I don't mean to say that to sound elitist or pompous, but he really examines and executes his craft as an intellectual. You know, like every piece of music is so carefully and thoughtfully constructed. What is it about his music that captivates you? Yeah, it's just, you said earlier that you love ambient music. I do as well. And yeah, it's not as easy to do ambient as one would, would think. You know, you think it's just one note or something. It's not. You know that, because you did that great piece on yeah. your last album, Pish yeah. Posh, which I thought was kind of ambient. Thank you. Very ambient. Um, which yeah. should have been the name of another album, but let's, let's not get into naming albums. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up, folks. You know what I mean? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> First of all, he's he's again an artist that you just never know what he's going to do. And even his ambient thing yeah. said, "What's well, an ambient album?" Okay, what does that even mean? Because his ambient albums are so diverse and so, as you say, carefully executed. It's nothing's happenstance. This guy, no. even the new album "Forever and Ever No More," wow, where do you even begin? So. I uh, I got I got into Eno through Roxy. I think most people did, like my, my age. Yeah, I had got an album by Roxy for my fifteenth birthday, nineteen seventy nine. I got, uh, of course, the Great Manifesto. And my brother, right. who's quite a bit older than me, um, he said, "Well, do you not know Roxy?" And I said, "Well, not really. I mean, I know Loves the Dragon. I was fifteen. <laughs> Give me a break." Okay. <laughs> uh, so he went out and he bought me Taking Tiger Mountain, My Strategy. And um, right. here come the warm jets. I don't know that those two mm -hmm. albums left my turntable for a year. And then when I discovered yeah. his ambient stuff, um, you know, with Peter, uh, Peter Fripp, Robert Fripp, but even solo stuff, mm -hmm. I just became this huge fan of everything he does because he never lets me down as an artist. I know that's big language, mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, it's an Eno album. Of course, it's going to be great. And it is. He lives up to it. Yeah. He, he, he rises to the the bar all the time. Well, what about you? Do you not feel this? Like, how yeah. do you, what 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 attracted you to his music? Oh, well, oh I, for for all of the same reasons. Um, I'm again, you know, I'm fascinated by anyone who does music that makes me think. Yeah. How did he do that? And with every album, um, I love the first couple that you had mentioned. I also love Before and After yeah. Science from, yeah. I think, 75, 76. Uh, some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I love the work he did yes. with Jan Hassel, uh, Fourth, World's Fourth World Possible Musics. Um, brilliant. And it is. Um, for virtually everything since then. Uh, I haven't listened to his entire catalog because it's extensive, but um, everything I've heard, uh, I've I've fallen in love with. Uh, Forever and ever, nevermore. A, a gorgeous album scares the crap out of me because it's very gloom and doom. Very immensely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But a gorgeous album nonetheless. And like you, I am so uh, heartened to hear his voice again because he has. There's a fragility about his voice mm -hmm. that I absolutely adore. Um, and he really owns it. You know, he doesn't make any pretense. He just, he sings. And uh, there's a lot of lush layering of the vocals, too, that I think is gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah, for all of those reasons. So let's let's wrap it up with how do you feel he's the essence of cool? What is it about? What's specifically about Eno? His name is Brian Eno. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said.
period (laughs) fair enough (laughs) your final pick uh, of this one and we have a a short list following this but your final pick is frank zappa which you know and no argument from me uh you know uncle frank is a perennial favorite (laughs) um and i love the stories that uh, jerry young of current records talked about him working with him that was amazing but why why frank zappa in 2022 well much like the beatles his son amit has done an amazing job of Keeping us in, keeping us in the loop with yeah. Frank, and they released three really incredible box sets. Again, like you know, this is a catalog that you don't want to. I wouldn't want to be starting listening to you at this age now. But um, you know, they released the 1971 concerts series box set, which was mind blowing. I just listened to the new versions of Waka Jawaka and Hot Rats. Sorry, Hot Rats is not that's Waka Jawaka and Grand Wazoo. Um, they, they they did these live concerts from Poland, um, and Zappa's concerts to me were as good as the studio. Yeah. Oh, if it, not better. He, yeah, I agree. I agree. So to hear Zappa live in 2022, I miss him. Oh, I, 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 he's one of the artists that I, I miss tremendously. I loved I loved his outspokenness. I loved his humor. I loved his guitar work, his jazz, his everything. So in 2022, there was these really great live releases, thanks to to Ahmed and that guy named Jim Gunderson, and um, they're they're keeping his name alive, and good for them. I just actually ordered uh, Live at the Mud Club 1980. I can't wait to hear that. Oh, cool, cool. (laughs) So they're not slowing down. They're Mm. they're just, you know, and and all of these were done by Zappa. Before he passed away, he archived everything meticulously. He remixed, he prepared it. It's, it's just been so long to come yeah. put the stuff out. Um, one final thing is that on the Live 71, there's a concert he did with John and Yoko at the Phil Maurice. Oh. Yeah. And it's breathtaking to hear John and Yoko with Zappa. And it's, it's, under, it's 25, 28 minutes, but it's worth their 28 minutes. It's very oh, interesting. So I look forward to hearing that. Um, I yeah. was disheartened to say the least, by the infighting between Ahmet and oh. Dweezil back uh, a few years ago. You know, Dweezil... Oh, it's still going on. Uh, it's still going on. It's so sad because um, I loved what Dweezil was doing in terms of uh, reintroducing Frank's work in a live concert uh, situation using so many of uh, Frank's former bandmates. And Dweezil is an incredible guitar player. And he is. why the family took umbrage with him trying to promote that uh, is beyond me uh what are your thoughts on that you know i i'm with you i hate when families do this and i hate when it gets brought out to the public like i mm-hmm. i don't need to know right um but i'm with you i saw Dweezil here and played um it's not called yoki center anymore but oh let's right pretend it, let's go let's just call it the yoki center he is a great guitarist on his in his own right and i can only imagine there was some kind of i don't know i mean there, you know i've heard i've read a lot of things about gail the mom Right. being interfering and and um i 100 with you bernard i get very disheartened hearing it i i i don't that's the part i don't really you know I, I wish they kind of kept that out of the limelight yeah but they didn't and it's still going on dweezil just is putting out a um books on tape or whatever of zappa's autobiography and of course the family's taking umbrage with that and you're like oh, just let him do it what is the problem here just really yeah just let dweezil read a book yeah 
And I guess um, I really like Dweezil as a person. He seemed really too. genuine, authentic, um, and did such a brilliant job performing his dad's work that... Uh, Man. Which isn't easy, right? I mean, you're, I'm not no. a musician. You are. You're a musician. You know how difficult Zappa's music is, right? Yeah. More than that, it was that Frank took uh, pains to play when he had solos. He would always try to create on the spot. Never uh, doubled anything. Uh, he always wanted to create something that was new and fresh. So for Zappa to, or for Dweezil to sort of follow in those footsteps and try to, you know, reimagine that is just brilliant. See, that's the reason I like these new live albums that have come out. Exactly what you just said, that they're they're, they're not just a replica of an album that he right. put in the studio. They're, these are new creations, right. and you hear this, and you kind of go, wow. Like, he, they released 200 Motels again this year on vinyl. Oh. But the orchestra, man, that's bizarre, but it's brilliant. Like, I just, yeah. I just was, like, falling in love with Frank all over again. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting all of Frank's work, and it will take probably 20 years. But... <laughs> If you you, you got to give up having a life. Yeah, really. <laughs> Just devote myself entirely to listening to music. <laughs> forget the podcast. Forget the band. Exactly. Just listen to music. <laughs> no, don't forget the uh, band ever or the podcast. We need you. We need you. you. We need you. <laughs> You've got three artists to watch mm. for 2023. Yeah. Um, the first one, going back to that sort of Irish trend, is uh, Fontaine's DC. Uh, they're Grammy nominees. Uh, I don't think I've, I've heard them. Well, I, I lie because I did listen to a little bit yesterday and I absolutely loved them. Uh, to talk to me about their music. Describe them if you could. Punk, pop, um, John Cooper Clark, uh, all of the above. They're, again, very intelligent guys. Skinty Fia, their most recent album, uh, which had a whole theme with goats, because which is skinty fee is a there's an Irish term for goats and, and and a special kind of goat, anyways. Um they're just brilliant. Their their album before that called A Hero's Death was was fantastic. They're very political. They're they're to me, it's the excitement of the original punk. And I say original mm -hmm. like pistols and the damned and the clash mm -hmm. and the jam. Um and I just fell in love with their sound and and there there's there's an element of anger, but you know what I love? There's also an element of humor. Keep the humor in their voice because they're quite funny as well. Yeah. Did you hear, you know, they they just, they, they, they made a comment about um, Taylor Swift when she took on Ticketmaster. They, they wrote, never thought we'd write this, but way to go, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I was listening to Skinty Fia a bit last night. Great album, eh? Um, a great album. I found a lot of sort of shoegazy mm. elements, uh, 80s, early 90s, shoegazy elements. Do you agree? I do agree. I think these guys wear their influences on their sleeves. Mm. They still make their own sound. And I think that's why I think they're a band to look out for, because I think there's so much potential and so much room for growth that you're going to see them just explode in the next two years and come out with some incredible... There's another band that are very similar called Sleaford Mods, and everything Sleaford Mods does is just bizarre but brilliant. Their new album, you heard it here, folks, you heard it here first, will be huge. It's coming out in two months. Oh, okay. It'll be, it'll okay. be big. You'll go, oh, Aaron told me about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> As far as Fontaine's DC, are we expecting um, a North American tour? Will we see them in 2023, do you think? They're opening for Arctic Monkeys. Oh, very cool. It, that, which is a good double bill. 
which is a good yeah. bill. Um, yeah, they're playing Toronto. I've got tickets, so I'm going to go see them with uh, Arctic Monkey. But I'm, I'm I love Arctic Monkey as well, Scottish band. But yeah, really excited to to see Sleeve Herb, um, D- Fontaine's DC. So yeah. And when when is that uh, Toronto gig? It's in the summer. It's um okay. they're playing uh, Molson Amphitheater, so it's yeah it's summertime, and they're doing a whole big tour with with Arctic Monkeys, which will get them the, the exposure they need. Oh, good. This is why I think they're going to come. Like, because Arctic monkeys are huge, right? Aren't they? They used to be. Yep. No, they're still big. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm done. So hopefully there are tickets because that sounds like something that I would love to see. I'm hopefully they should play Ottawa too. I think they are. Oh, but I'll, I'll check out. I'll, I'll send you a link if they are. Okay. Please. Um, the next one on this uh, short list of artists to watch for 2023 is Declan O'Rourke, uh, continuing with the Irish theme. Um, tell me about him again my heart <laughs> his new album is produced by paul weller oh wow so if you get paul weller producing you there's uh, something going on yeah there's something going on i love paul weller so much um he wrote a book called the pawnbroker's reward and he did an album called the great irish famine to and both of them are connected not for the faint of heart either the album or the book. Oh. Um, the book outlines one family and how they end up dying through the famine. Spoiler oh, no. alert. Um, but he's he's got this voice, and he's written like it's weird. Like Josh Groban has covered him. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, weird artists have kind of taken to him. He's actually making a lot of inroads in the states. Um, he's. I was. I had a friend over for dinner. A couple of just before Christmas, and I put the Declan O'Rourke album on called Arrivals. And by the third track, she said, You had to take it off because she couldn't stop crying. Wow. Like she was just like, I thought, Okay, I lean on it. Well, interesting you say that because I'd like to read a little uh, quote I read from an Irish music journalist. Um, he said this about Declan O'Rourke Empathy and melody in abundance, incredible storytelling. Declan's ability to emotionally blindside you with a flash of beautifully observed detail is incredible. He's the Irish John Prine. Wow. That's a good call. That's a good call. Um, and he covers John Prine in concert, which may be why he does oh. that. Um, yeah. That, you know what? I, I kind of I kind of see that. And um, I, I can't think of the title of this new album, but there's a track on the new album where you think he's going this way. Mm. But all of a sudden, he just turns the corner, and you kind of you get hit so hard that even talking about it, I'd probably tear up. Wow. You know, it's a, it's a, it's about bringing your first child home from the hospital and and stopping and you know thinking about all the people that aren't there to see this. Right. You know, so it's he's a great artist. He's he's and I think the whole Irish thing happened because of the pandemic because I I was really tuning into these artists that I had never heard of and discovering this whole world of music, Bernard that that. I kind of thought, damn, I missed him. But now I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> Plus, I have a daughter who's like a drug dealer who keeps sending me. <laughs> Give me my latest fix, man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to start you. hitting Linda up for these. <laughs> she, did, she did a podcast in Ireland. She was at a gig. And... Um, she was talking to these guys and they said, Oh, we do, we do a podcast about people moving to Ireland from other countries. Do you want to do it? And so she was doing a podcast and I thought it was like, she has a radio show now in Ireland too. You should send her her oh, music. She'll wow. probably play it for you. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where um, is she in Dublin? 
Yeah. Oh, because a friend yeah. of mine, an, an old friend of mine, Pam Fitzgerald, who I went to high school with, has recently uh, moved to Dublin. So uh, wow. that's it's, interesting. Maybe I'll have to move yeah, to Dublin. You might. It's a beautiful <laughs> city. I, 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 we're going to go again in um, hopefully April. If I'm, I'm, I'm going in for surgery next week, so hopefully I'll be all healed up by March or April. So I can uh, go then. So I don't know yeah. if I'd be allowed in Dublin because my family is originally from Belfast. And so is mine. Oh, so is, is mine. <laughs> so is mine. Well, maybe we should about... go together and we can sort of yeah. cover each other's back. Yeah, I just don't mention it. <laughs> um, your last pick of the three of uh, three artists to watch in 2023 is a lovely friend of mine who is so deserving to be on li this list, and I so appreciate you, you choosing her, the extraordinary Selena Martin. Tell me why you chose Selena. You sent me her name and I think some songs. And um, yeah, yeah. The video for quarantine is yeah. Oh, I don't even have the words. It's brilliant. And then when I started going back to her music, okay, one of the best album titles of all time. I've been picking Caruso's brain. I think I have the information we need to make a new world. <laughs> I only ever refer to it as Caruso's brain. Oh I can't say the whole thing. <laughs> uh, what, what a great album title. Um, but I, it's such brilliant songs on that album. She's a brilliant songwriter. She's she she's. I, I, I reviewed her for Spill Magazine, and I compared it. I said, you know, she's not unlike Carole King. And I mean that in the highest regard, because, you know, this album, the, her most recent time spent swimming, I just could not get it. I, I listened to it several times, and I thought, you know, this is just a, a, every track kind of, and then every time I listened to it, I found I was hearing something different. And um, she's quite lovely, by the way. She's she's she sends me funny emails and thanks oh, me for. But she's she's a lovely person, and I thank you for directing me. You directed me to her and another artist whose name just went right out of my head, but I'll think of it after I stop talking. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and you know, I. Again, much like Ireland, there's a, a huge music scene going on. Oh, Dev, um, what's it, Bev? Oh, oh Don Seth. Oh, right, right. No, no, great uh, Ottawa, new art, Ottawa artist. Oh, yeah. her single, Five Drinks yeah. In, just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So there's a new one, actually. Um, so I'm discovering all these artists that I somehow missed along the way. I didn't, she has like all these albums out, and I kind of went back and listened to them and thought, this is so, she's remarkably talented. She's oh. a storyteller, too. Yeah. Um, she plays with sound that I, I just love how she plays with sound. Love it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, again, you know, I go back to, you know, what I said about artists that to really interest me are those that take a lot of chances and you, you make you ask the question, how did she do that? Every song on this album, Time Spent Swimming, I, I'm always asking the question, how did she do that? And thankfully, she's been able to sort of let me in on some of her secrets. But she, her process is so fascinating. As I, I always joke with her, um, I, I took her out for a couple of uh, beers back in my days when I did drink uh, before she moved to France. Um, and specifically because I wanted to find out about her process. Um, and she has, uh, it will take her up to two years to finish a song. 
A song? So it's not, yes, a song. So it's not surprising that uh, it'll take her five years to release an album, uh, which is pretty much the cadence right from the back from the beginning to, to now, sort of five years between albums. Um, but she has this process of uh, of writing a song, and she'll write the song well, relatively quickly, I suppose, and, uh, and but then she'll start disassembling it. And she'll take it apart and kind of reimagine it in a myriad of ways. And then she does that with the production as well. Um, and she'll start fiddling with the types of sounds that then, you know, I'm glad you're fascinated by that as well. Found sounds, uh, sounds from her synthesizers, uh, speaking voices. I mean, you or nature. One song on the album is Frogs and Birds, yes. yeah. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and gorgeous, yeah. right? hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. All that, all that you said, which is why I think she's someone that we need to kind of attend, like, and 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 um, I tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought to myself, how have I not heard of her? Like, why did it take me to? Why did it take Bernard to say, "Hey, check her out"? Because I, I was like, like I, I, I said to Andrew, that's my wife. I said to her, she's not unlike Kate Bush either. Like, the, the, right. she, she has that. Boy, she creates great music. Like I just really love her stuff. So, yeah. having said all, and I two uh, two years on a song. Wow, I mean yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't heard of her because she, uh, although she grew up uh, about five minutes from me, where I am now in the Ottawa Valley, she lived for 20, 25 years in Toronto and worked with the Rio Statics, uh, <laughs> broken social scene. I mean. All kinds of people, right? So. Yeah, I could have fallen over her. I, I, I mean, I've seen the real stuff. I mean, it's, when you say that, it makes me laugh because I thought I used to go see the real statics all the time. Right. Um, I, so it's amazing <laughs> when you miss Bernard. It's <laughs> <laughs> she was actually in a long-term relationship with Martin Tielli of Real Statics, uh, probably about ten years or so. Wow, but, uh, really? And I got, yeah. I got even, I even got solo stuff by him. So there you go. Like she's probably oh, on wow. it. I should check out my Rope. CDs. Likely, yeah. likely, yeah. She's um, she's a lot of fun. Is she why I don't know why she moved to France, but there you go. I mean, you, well, do you know why? No. Um, she explained to me because her uh, I'll, I'll be releasing her uh, pod her episode of my podcast uh, in a couple of weeks. I can't wait to hear she, that. She she went through this very. Uh, she wanted to experience loneliness mm. as an artist. She wanted to. She wanted that feeling to inspire and inform her her creative work. And she succeeded. It's like like a method actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. But that's that's Selena. She will you go to the greatest lengths to you know serve the song. Yeah. Well, when you're talking to her, tell her that I just think the world of her, and she's she's really brilliant. So she's got a new fan yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so glad. Um, you've got a couple of special shout outs. Uh, one is for my pals, uh, Darren Douglas Danahy and Kelly Donovan, uh, aka Kel Keldari Station. Yeah, so, just, a special shout out, why? Well, just because they're producing such great music. Their, their most yeah. recent single, Human Kindness, was, was phenomenal. Darren is multifaceted, multi talented, funny guy, lovely guy. Um, yeah. I loved his pot or his streamings. Um, yeah. I just, I just want to give a shout out because I, 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 they deserve, I played them on my show because I like them, not because of any other reason. I think they're just yeah. incredible, incredible band, incredible musicians. Kelly's got yeah, a great voice. Yeah. So I love she them. Does. Yeah. Yeah. That's and why. Darren has been in a part of uh, umpteen projects and is still working on various projects. And he contributed to, uh, the song Sticky on my last Which album. I played, Pops, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, the other shout out is to a, a British artist who you've turned me on to, and I'm so glad you did, Deborah Fialkowitz. Tell me about why you've chosen Deborah. Deborah's just, I, I like Eno. 
You don't know what she's going to yeah. do. She's she's working with a guy from Peterborough, Neil Reddick, and they've yeah. done some incredible music. She's working with a guy from Brazil, Zombie Special. Um, they did a great. She's just a lovely person to begin with. Yeah, very talented. Again, like Darren, multifaceted. She does beautiful ambient music. She does noise. Yeah, she does soundtracks. She's just all over the place and. I don't think she gets enough credit for what she's doing. And and I've become a huge... She's in a band called Spore, yeah. which I just love Spore. Yeah. I love the name. I love saying it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's just... A, she's she's become a good friend, and she's a really, really talented artist. So, And she does a, a lot of great live streams that people should uh, oh. try and catch because she's she's quite brilliant. She is. Yeah. She is indeed. Yeah. Good, good artist. So there you go. That's that's who that's who I'm listening to these days. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for inviting me, man. I love, love talking to you. You're a good friend too, and and I love uh, your Bernard. If I don't say it enough, I love what you're doing. Uh, everything. You. So um, I just big supporter, man. You're great. Well, I would love to do more of this. Maybe we can make this an annual thing, kind of a, a, a review of twenty of the, the past year and looking ahead at the new year. That'd be kind of um, cool. I. Call me. I'm not going anywhere okay. well, unless you know something happens. But I don't think <laughs> and I want to go on that trip with you and Tony to Detroit. <laughs> Please, if you want to, I'd love come. To. <laughs> we should do. That would be the best road trip for the three of us to go. Yes. <laughs> I, I would love. Listen, let's talk to Tony and let's make it happen. Okay. As soon as I'm, I can, um, I can travel in March. Let's go. All right. Thanks again for doing this. I so appreciate. No problem. It. Anytime, man. Thanks to Aaron for tying a bow on some of the best music of 2022 and for introducing us to some extraordinary new artists. I look forward to having him back this time next year to review the best music of 2023. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe and please support local independent artists.